0: and how you want to move in and through us lord be with these people as they tune in now in jesus name we pray amen you know god's
1: given us visions of school and ministries in the past and i remember years ago me and pastor barbara riding mama was still pastoring the church here and we were leaving hamburg somewhere and we were she was bringing me back to cross it and and I looked at her and said, what do you think about a teaching on Tuesday nights? And she was already teaching Sunday school and everything, and she's just like, I don't know what I think, <laughs> think about that teaching, but now she's pastoring the church because she's been so faithful through the years, and she was willing to do it. And we've had teachings on and off with Pastor Paul Bradford, a School of Ministries. We learned that title from our Papa, Dr. Morris Sorella. He's had School of Ministries from, for years, so, so this time, it's on our finances, and Pastor Robert will be here in a few minutes, but I just want to open up, and I want to open up in prayer. God, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for a place to learn uh, your truths about financial breakthrough. God, we this six weeks, is going to be on finances, and then you'll show us what we need to teach, but God... We just ask that a revelation come into our hearts tonight. A revelation, Lord, take us higher because you're the God that owns the cattle of a thousand hills and you know that, that you want your sons and daughters to represent you, God. We're supposed to be your representatives in every area, not just deliverance, not just salvation, not just healing, but also in our finances. So, God, we thank you tonight for giving us a revelation because we will not go higher in our finances until we have a revelation that we can go higher. Amen? And you're talking to somebody that started with, started with, wouldn't even buy a pair of shoes. So I know we can come higher. And you're talking to somebody that her mom was brought up in a cotton field with 13 children, and before she left the earth, she owned a, 180 acres, and a, pretty much a, I call a mansion, a very nice place. But that came out, I watched her through the years. I watched her through the years. My dad worked, um, but the breakthroughs came through the giving. She didn't work. The breakthroughs came through the giving. But I've seen her. I've seen her give her rings to the prophets, say, God told me, give you your wife this ring. I've seen her coming out of the cotton field until she was owning land and pastoring a church and raising up an army. So God is the God of the finance. God is the God of multiplication. Well, one word quickened in my spirit this morning, and it was changing of the guards, changing of the guards. And I, in my spirit, I knew I had read that um, when I was reading about Gideon. So we're going to look at Judges chapter six, starting. We kind of, you know, I kind of prophetically go through here and teach. But we see, starting with verse one, that the children of Israel were were doing evil in the sight of the Lord, and because of that evil, then God, the Lord, put them in bondage with the Midianites for seven years. So they had to have a way to come out of that bondage. In verse two, it says. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, the strongholds. So they were in a stronghold of poverty. They were in a stronghold of not having enough because when you read in verse 3, it says, So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up and they would come against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth. And, and leave them with no substance, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents and locusts and all of that would come and destroy it. In verse 6 it says, So Israel was greatly impoverished. Some of you may feel greatly impoverished, but if you know Jesus Christ, the king of kings, how many know a king is not poor? The, the king is not poor. The key to financial breakthrough is giving, and then when God requires you to do something you're uncomfortable doing, to go ahead and do it. I remember staying in, you know, very cheap hotels, and I'm not too good for it, because Paul said, I know how to abase and abound. But as we were praying today, yes, you may look at people that think that they can, I don't have to stay there now, I don't, Why? because of my giving God's brought me to a new level in my, in my giving and receiving but if he requires that of me I can do it but hard, enduring hardship is not I'm going to be poor just so I look like a good martyr hardship is when I have to do it and there may come a time where we have to do it but don't let anybody pull you back down in the cycles of poverty if you've come out of poverty Don't let them pull you down into strongholds because it's took you a lot of time to get out of that. It's took you a lot of faith, a lot of giving, a lot of believing, a lot of when God said, when we walked into that same place that day, roach-infested hotel, I looked at my husband and got sick to my stomach and said, I can't stay here anymore. So I had to believe God that I could afford $30 more a night. I had to believe God, though, and that took a big step of faith to actually stay in something a little nicer. So when you have been raised in poverty, then God will require you not only just to say the words, but he'll require you to walk the walk. He'll require you to spend that money on uh, what he's re- asking of you to do, because if he's taking you to it, he'll take you through it. So we either believe him or not with our we believe in his salvation, so let's believe him in our finances. So we're going to look. They were greatly impoverished. But God. But Somebody say, but God. In verse 80, he sent him a prophet. So I had someone tell me, he said, you're going to bring the breakthrough for money for us. You're going to, I see that on your life. I see, you know, poverty, will make you, not even tell them. Someone say, what do you drive? That's a nice vehicle. And I won't say what it is because I don't want to make them feel bad. And I'll just say it's an SUV or something like that. But we should be proud of what God's given us because God the one that said to drive that. He said, that's your chair to fire. But it came through pretty much giving a car away. It came. You don't ever know what somebody's given to be judging their receiving. You know, you may see what they're wearing today. You may see what they're driving today. You may see their standard of living today. But you don't know their standard of giving. Hey, you don't know their standard of giving. You don't know the price that they paid to come out of that bondage of poverty. And I saw the spirit of poverty on my house one time because we couldn't even afford to go to the dentist. We couldn't afford to take our children. And I was at home one day at the river, living on the river, and, and said, God, what is this spirit? And I saw a spirit over the trailer I lived in. And it was like a big old black cloak demon is what it was. And I said, you spirit of poverty, get off of my house right now. How do you know if you have the spirit of poverty? Because you keep going through the same cycles of defeat in your money. You pay your bill off in January with your income tax. And the next January, you're still that much in debt again. That's a spirit. That's not even you. That's a spirit. Because if you don't have the spirit on you, you won't keep getting in that kind of debt. You won't keep following those cycles. So we break that spirit off of you on this line. We break it off of us. We break it off of America. We break it off because God is more than enough God. God is more than enough. He's Jehovah-Jireh, my provider. He provides for me. He provides for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's our provider. So we're going to look. So he sent a prophet, and then the prophets decree, and and then we go on down where Gideon's in that wine press, and he feels like he's nothing. And and God's wanting him to come up higher because we see Gideon, and the Bible says that he said, I come from the least, I come from the least, and you're wanting me to do this, you're wanting me to bring children of Israel out of this bondage that they're into right now, and money wise, and every other wise, he says, how am I going to do that, verse 15, chapter 6 tells us, he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? How can I save my family? Some of you might be saying, we're in such debt, we're in such bondage. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. He didn't see himself, and you go on, and it says, he says, but if I found favor in your sight." and it talks about that they thought they were like grasshoppers, that's the same mindset. That the children had in the wilderness when they said, We can't have the milk and honey. We can't have more. We're just gonna have to eat this manna the rest of our life because we can't have more. Because they didn't see themselves as more. They didn't see themselves worthy as more. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, just like these people did. And God's trying to get his people up out of that place into a new place, into a place of believing and receiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what did Gideon do when he felt like nothing? And he knew he came in his mind from nothing. Verse 7 says, if he found favor, I mean 17. Verse 18 says, um, the angel of the Lord had came and said, Gideon, I want you to do this. Bring them out of bondage. Verse 18, he says, I pray that I can bring you an offering. Let's look at it. Verse 18. Chapter 6, angel of the Lord, I, I pray that I can bring you an offering and set it before you. And he said, I'll, I'll wait till you come back, the angel of the Lord. So Gideon went and prepared everything that he prepared, a goat, unleavened bread and flour and everything to, to bring that offering. In verse 20, the angel of God said to him, take this offering and lay it on the rock. Somebody take your offering and lay it on the altar, lay it on the rock. Because the rock is Jesus Christ. So how did Gideon come out of nothingness? It's because he gave. Because he saw him. He saw himself as nothing. But he said, I do have an offering. I have something I can give. Whether it be a penny or a button or a pen or whatever it is. I got something. Hey, because you're never coming out of poverty until you give out of poverty. You're never going to break poverty till you see yourself uh, when you don't think you have it and you give it. That's how you come up to the next level. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We break that mindset off of people, God, that think we have to stay where we are. And it's not just money. We've been praying today all about change. And what does it take to change? What does it take to change is for me to change, it's for me to walk the steps that I want to be in. For me to, I remember, Laura, years ago, Mama was prophesied over everything your hand to is going to prosper. Well, it wasn't in her life then. What did she do? She went and decked herself out. It might not have, couldn't afford the real gold ones, but she had some gold earrings on. She dressed nice, and I said, you look so nice today. And she said, I'm dressing the part. And now she owns a business, and all of her children work for her, and everything she puts her hand to prospers. But she had to start acting like, she was a prosperous woman that she wasn't nothing anymore that that she wasn't least anymore that she was worthy of because Jesus Christ laid his life down for her hallelujah thank you Jesus so how do we come out we give our offering we lay it on the rock we lay it on the altar and then the next verse says that when he laid it on the rock fire came out of the rock whoa fire came out of your offering the fire come down and consumed the offering the fire came down and consumed the offering and then God made Gideon uh, he said you're already a mighty man you just don't see it I want to speak to you today to think you're nothing Gideon he didn't think he was anything and the angel of the Lord said you're a mighty man of valor you are something you are did God did Jesus die for you I'm nothing in myself, because John says, man, is nothing within himself. But if I stay in that nothingness, then I say that the cross was no effect. If I constantly have to have my value, someone has to tell me constantly how valuable I am, then what am I believing in? Am I believing that Jesus Christ paid the price, and if there was just one in me, he would have came, and he would have died on that cross? Would I, am I really believing that? Does my walk show that I believe that? Because believe means action. Believe means action. So I'm not trying to get you an offering today, get you to take up an offering today, because we're not even taking one up in here. But I'm what I'm trying to do is let you see that you're worthy of more than you see yourself as worthy as. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I know I used to go with Julie and Mama shopping. I wouldn't buy anything. And it was the most boringest shopping trips because I was the only one not spending money. Because I didn't think I had any money because, you know, my kids needed braces and they needed shoes. And one day, Mama said, you going to buy them shoes? We ain't leaving here till you buy them shoes. And them shoes was $55 30 years ago. And I'm like, and I started getting sick to my stomach. Why? Because I had poverty because I didn't think I could afford it. I didn't think I could, but those was the best shoes I ever bought because I did it to submit to my leader. But I started coming out a little bit, coming out. And then one day, my husband, he says, you ain't never buying another dress in that. It's nothing wrong with the cheaper store. But I would not do it in another store. It's the only one I could afford. And he said he looked at me one day, and he said he's working at the grocery store, and he said you ain't shopping here no more. Come on, we going to dealers. And I've started shaking. I'm talking about shaking. It's like somebody telling you you can afford a name brand soup, and you ain't got to have the twenty cent soup. And and I'm like, uh, no. And I remember pulling him back. No, we got to shop here. I gotta. And, you know, he took me to that dealer's that day. And I'm looking on the clearance rack. And I found a dress cheaper than the original store that I shop at. And my eyes came open. And it's like, you mean I can get a dress at dealer's the same price as Kato's? I never would have thought it. My mindset wouldn't let me think it to even go into the to the bigger store. No, I, I don't deserve to go in dealer's. I got to stay at Walmart. I, I got to stay at Fred's. But my husband helped bring me out of that by saying, no, today we're not doing that. And the first time he spent more on me for a dress or something, I was upset. And I was like, we need to take it back. But, but I went ahead and put that dress on, took the tags off and wore it. And it started bringing me out of this poverty level. And I can feel people's not liking this message because they like where they're at. They don't have to step out in faith. They don't have to be comfortable. Here's our Pastor Roberts coming up. And he's going to teach us. I just got a few more notes on this. So he found favor and he brought an offering. And he put the offering on the rock. And the fire came and burned up his sacrifice. And we look in verse 23. What happened after all that? So if you're, if you're struggling today in your finances. Gideon's showing you how to come out. He's showing you how, when you think, what was that impoverished? How he come out? What we just said, he got an offering. He put it on the rock, the fire burned it. Verse 23, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Don't fear. You shall not die. So after he obeyed the angel of the Lord and he gave his offering and everything, peace came upon his house, peace came upon the children of Israel. Verse 24, So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace over your finances. The Lord is peace. And we're all at different levels. And And I'm not saying jump from here to there and go get yourself in debt and all of that. I'm saying that one thing that you're scared to try, I can get the good peach today. I can... I'm in Georgia, so I can get the Georgia peach. I don't have to go get the cheaper peach that they froze. I can afford 20 more cents. And God wants me to enjoy this Georgia peach today. He's not (laughs) expecting. And some of you think, no, we got to endure hardship. You may one day. But today is not the day that I have to. I'm not having to do it. So why am I going to put myself back down into it? Something already came out of. Now I got enough peaches for you and me and you and you and you. Amen. Hey, I know my son did it a Woo, so peace came upon them. Okay? So when I was praying, that one word came to me, changing of the guards. And I've been hearing a lot through Apostle Darling, some of them. But I saw it in the word. So we're going to look at chapter 7 and verse 7. It says, Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who laughed, I'll save you and deliver you. So he showed him how it went down from 22,000 to 10,000 to 300 men. And we're getting at 300 armies strong so the apostles and prophets can come together and this revivals won't be stolen this time. Because everywhere I go, they say, God, we've had it before, but it was stolen. In freedom, we had it. We had it. We was right at 300, 255. And the enemy come in and tried to do things. But this time, because it's the five-fold ministry, the five-fold ministry, Jezebel's ain't going to be so bold into that. They're not going to come against five apostles and seven prophets and, and three pastors joining and. We see where Gideon there was three companies of people and right now we got Tennessee, Conway, and Crossit. And Apostle Darla said she saw when she was here years a year or two ago, I see a connection. I just see this triangle. Tennessee, Cross It, Conway. Tennessee, Cross It, Conway. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And they're saying that freedom is the first fruits, that the person, the pastor would actually come and merge and not have to have the titles, not have to, and, and someone there thought I was coming because, because I get a salary from the church, and, and I didn't say anything, but eventually when they kept saying that, I said, I gave up a salary to be here. So don't judge people by what you see. Just because they're driving a nice car don't mean the church is paying for it. My husband works for that car. Don't judge people for what you see. And they just looked at me because their husband was saying things like, "We the reason they can move because the church finances her way. It cost me six hundred dollars a month to go to Conway, and I have people in here that give me probably one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Thank God. So where does the rest of that coming from? God supplies it because He's my source. So I don't ever think you can't do it because I don't ask that from my husband. I don't ask him to pay that but every month it's paid so no there are people that actually want the move of God that's not in it for the money that'll give the money up to do the next level of what God's saying for their people for their people to be able to come up for their people to be able to come into a new land in a large place to be able to be stretched and and be enlarged and that's my heart that the vision goes through the land And so we have a portion. Freedom has a portion. And this portion is going through the land. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let me see this scripture, read it to you about changing the guards. And we're going to hand it over to our pastor, Pastor Robert. He's worked 12 hours today. So I know for him to be here, there's got to be a mighty word. So we see. That Gideon went through all that, and we look at verse 19, chapter 7. So Gideon and the hundred men were with him. Came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers were in their hands. Now, why why is he doing this? Because he's bringing children of Israel out of poverty, being impoverished, being bound being in the dens, being in the caves, being in strongholds. So when you read this verse in the New International Version, it says, So Gideon and the hundred men were with him, came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had changed the guards. It's in the Living Bible, and it's in the New International. And then they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, that were in their hands what happened right there there was a change of the guards they broke the pictures that were in their hands there was a changing of the guards and there's a changing of the guards in your money right now because in the last days the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and there's going to be a changing of the guards The Spirit of God says there's going to be a changing of the guards. And where you thought you didn't have money, they're going to put it in your hand. They're going to post it in your hand because you're going to be able to set their children free, their grandchildren. You're going to be the one that God uses to heal their daughter. You're going to be the one that has something for them. You're going to be the one that when they see you, they'll quit taking from you and they'll start giving to you because they'll see if I give a cup of water to a prophet in the name of a prophet, I receive a prophet's reward. And everything that's on that person's coming on my family. It's coming on my family. Everything that, every blessing, every um, breakthrough, every, uh, when we get to heaven, if I give to him, I get to be a part of his harvest, of the harvest that Pastor Robert has. Amen. So somebody say, there's a change in the guards in my money. And Gideon shows us how to do it. The wealth of the wicked, though, is going to be the change of the guards. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. We're, we're having a change in the guards right now. Sometimes
2: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, before I get to tithing, there's something I want to establish yes. because here that's been several well, probably a month or two ago I was out there I was out there at work, and I was just walking along, and I heard in my spirit, God said, "I have anointed you for increase." Amen. I heard it just as plain as day. But it wasn't just for me. It's for his people. It's for his people. Yes. It's a, it's a part of our lineage is what it is, and I'm going to show you. Because I'll tell you, uh, when our son and his wife got married, God gave me a, something to do for them. They didn't know have any clue about it. The only people that knew was me, my wife, and an apostle. I didn't tell nobody else. But when they got married during part of their ceremony, God had given me a scripture to bless them with. To pray over them and to speak over them. And I can say to this day, I am amazed. Everything he puts his hands to wow. prospers. I don't care. He 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 can find something on the internet. He sold these little speakers he would buy them by the box and sell them to his friends and make money off. anybody can buy them off the internet yeah. he sold them and made money and a of the into his life. Mm-hmm. I spoke a blessing over him I'll show you something in Genesis 1 28 we'll, go, we'll start in verse 27 It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And the first thing God did after he created them, he said, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. God blessed his children. He spoke a blessing over them. That was the first thing that he did. He spoke increase. When he says be fruitful, that's increase. When he says multiply, that's increase. You know, God could have, he's the creator of everything. He could have created trees and plants and stuff. But when you think about it, that's not what he did. He created seeds. Because it says they sprung up out of the ground. He He created a perpetual harvest. He, pre- he created a perpetual harvest to overtake the earth. Yeah. Because if he had just created a tree, it would be dead and gone by now. Mm-hmm. But each one keeps producing after their kind. And that's what he said about everything he created, was produce after your kind, produce after your kind. Yeah. So God wants his people blessed. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to really get established, is God wants us blessed. He wants his people blessed. See, people view tithing. When you mention tithing, a lot of churches we don't. We teach the opposite. <laughs> that God is after your money. That's what most people think. God wants your money. God wants it. <laughs> he owns it. Everything. I'm just. Well, just think of it like this. The God that created everything, that spoke everything into existence, if he needs a dollar or $20, all he's got to do is speak. He does not need my money. Yeah. He does not.
1: Coin in the fish's mouth and <laughs> got him out of debt.
2: Amen. <laughs> he sure did. See, the purpose, the purpose of our money or of our tithing is it um, shows us where our heart is. That's what it does. It shows us where our heart is. It does two things. It shows us where our heart is at, and it opens the windows of heaven. Because in Matthew six twenty one, it says, for where your treasure is, when you look up treasure, it means whatever is valuable to you, mm-hmm. there your heart will be also
1: think, Pastor, that people, um, so I just saw a vision. I saw people worshiping, but they don't give. Do you think they have an open heaven over them?
2: No. I don't either.
1: Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Y'all know what I heard the other day, that 1,500 pastors quit weekly because of the stress and that the because people think that they want their money. I, I can t- assure you. I can, I'm not saying, I know there's profit. Some people use their gifts for money and it's wrong. You know the wrong way about it. But a pastor, I pastored nine years. And a pastor, um, only 2.5% of the local church tithes. So when it was law, when it was under the law, they all had to do it. But grace people think I do it if I want to. So instead of ten percent, so you think about it and you think, where's all the money go at the churches? Two point five percent of people if you've got seventy people in your church, how many how many is that? So it's not near about ten percent of the church body that's tithing. Okay? Amen. But so we're going to speak that it is here. Freedom's, freedom's always been taught about giving. That's why we're teaching it now, because the new one's coming in. And I thank God that Mama taught us about giving, because I would still be in that poverty.
2: Amen. Well, I can give a testimony as far as tithing goes. When we first started, we would tithe off and on. When we felt like we could, we would tithe. And when we didn't, we didn't. Well, we were just beginning to learn about tithing. And then I think it was my wife, Dana, she realized one day something broke in our house that we had to pay for. And it was equal to what my tithe would have been. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: tithes, was it
2: saying the were You were a big to devour.
1: If you give. So the is coming if we don't give.
2: So when I saw that, when we got that revelation, it's like we tie that whole lot. I'd rather give it to the church than a repairman.
1: Hey, I'd rather give it to the repairer. The repair, repairer. Amen. Yes, amen.
2: Well, Malachi 3, starting in verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but we're in. But you say wherein have we robbed thee, says in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. When you're cursed with a curse, what I what I see that means is God has lifted his hand off of it. I would whole lot rather have 90% with the hand of God on it than 100% with the hand of God off of it
1: good what pastor taught last week it's like I could just there was so much meat in that 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 means everything else is cursed than the other nine yeah. hmm. if you don't give your first fruits and I'm like oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay, hmm. okay.
2: About. amen and in verse 10 it says bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Then it says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. When it talks about opening the windows of heaven, it doesn't mean that God, that you could get to go, you give your tithe, and you get to go home and sit on your couch, and God's going to give you a check in the mail. (laughs) Now, it it does not mean that. It means he's going to open up opportunities. People will give to you, that is true, but he's going to open up opportunities for you to do something for you to do something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I, one day I was praying and God showed me these money bills but I couldn't see the denomination of what they were but they were folded into a, a shape of a key. I saw two of them. And he said, this one is a tithe key. Mm-hmm. And he said, it opens the windows of heaven. And the other one he said is a giving key. And it opens the hearts and hands of men, because in Luke six thirty eight, we're not going to go there too much, but it, it says that you give and it shall be given unto you. Men shall give into your bosom. So it opens the hearts and hands of men. But we're going to look at tithing a little bit. When we look at the, there's a story in Genesis about Laban and Jacob. Laban took advantage of Jacob and kept him working for him for a long, a lot longer than he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. He was blessed mm-hmm. <laughs> and because he'd done that, he, he he became even more blessed because he gave Jacob a strategy. He told He told Jacob, God told Jacob to get these sticks, these limbs, so, and peel them, and cut notches in them, create light and dark stripes and spots. He says, and you put them in the water troughs, and when the sheep and cattle come to drink and they see that, they will start producing offspring with spots and stripes. Well, apparently, it wasn't a common thing to have striped and spotted sheep and cattle because Laban agreed to give him all of them that was striped and spotted. (laughs) But God gave him a strategy, so he started reaping all of that. That was the window of heaven open, open over Jacob. See, God gives us strategies of all kinds of things to do, but we just have to be willing to do them. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. And he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I (laughs) I was standing in front of a mirror one day, and I was talking to God about rebuking the devourer. And he just plainly said to me, I rebuke you. he's just as plain as day i heard it i rebuke you that made me have to back up and take a look at what i was doing I'll give you a little st- little strategy here <laughs> <laughs> we all like sales we see that 50% off sale rack or that 50% off aisle s- i'm fixing to go look How many times have I bought these pretty shiny fishing baits that never see the light of day? (laughs) Um, Because it was a high dollar bait and I got it for 50% off and it's in my tackle box that I never fish with. How many times have we went to a sail rack and This is close to my size. I kind of like the color. It's 50% off. I can't pass it up. So I buy it and get it home, hang it up in the closet, and never wear it. That is the devourer in operation right there. Even though you got it for 50% off, you spent 50% of what it was worth to never use it. So that was the devourer. In operation, there's nothing wrong with a good sale. We all like them, as long as it's something that we want or need. And in verse twelve, it says, "And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land," saith the Lord of Hosts. You know, as a nation in the United States. The United States can't be called a blessed nation without the people being blessed, without the majority of the people being blessed. So that's us. God says that we are to be blessed; that other nations will call us blessed.
1: I know I've said it here before. See, this is supposed to be like that. This, so we are going we come against any religion that thinks because you know. I, I can feel that sometimes, though. It's religious spirits that we're here to hear you. But this is supposed to be like this. But um, the, the scripture, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, is the one that I've been standing on for years here, that God will give us a personal breakthrough, a corporate one, and a universal one. And it says in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It says the same thing. And so that's what freedom is doing going through the land. So when I'm trying to say, let's come up and let's change. Let's change. Let's allow room for the new more than just our environment, more than just our atmosphere. Because it's real hard to get people to see that vision of of that's your thing, you know, that's just your thing. It's not just my thing. It's the vision of Freedom Ministries, to take the vision across the land because the Word of God tells us to do it. And I know we've read it before, but I feel to turn to it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. This is just what freedom has lived in these two years that I've been going. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So he didn't even know what he's going to be doing. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. That is a That is a. Um, corporate. Corporate. It's personal and then corporate where he's making the church known. People mm-hmm. know Freedom Ministries. And I'm in the dentist in Warren and this person cleaning my teeth says, I've heard of that church, you know, I don't know nobody in Warren. So the name is getting out. And it said he said, I'll make you a great nation, I'll bless you and make your name great. Freedom Ministries. And you shall be a blessing. I bless those who bless you and I curse him and curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's what we're doing right now. We're taking the vision, our portion of the body of Christ. Because Pastor Penson had a portion that she lived and died for. And that portion is going through the land. This is the word. That's what the word tells us to do. When he says, go you into all the world and make disciples. That's what we're doing. I got them up there in the Georgia with the Indians. One of them wanting to move home with me. And I said, Help your pastor. No. She said, Well, I've my life's changed since this weekend. And I, and I said, Well, stay here and help your pastor. Well, then people's thinking she's moving to Arkansas and the pastor's calling and asking, No, help your pastor. Even though I love her and there was a change, there was something that happened in her, which was freedom's part. Amen.
2: Amen. As the apostle was talking about going out, it takes finances to go out. We have to be a blessed people to go out. We have to also be willing to uh, step out of our comfort zone to go
1: out.
2: Yes, (laughs) and believe God for the money that he's going to meet us when we hear him. And that is something else that we're taught, that is some, one of the most powerful things we can teach, is we get a word from God. And when we get that word, that is what we stand on. See, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter, I think it may have been Apostle Andrew that's taught us about the difference between facts and the truth. The facts may look like nothing's happening. But what did God say? Because what he said is the truth. It's the truth. truth, And the truth will prevail. When we we put that truth in our mouth and we declare it. I saw the other day, uh, think of how we put it. The prophetic will overcome fear. God's word is spoken to us now is a prophetic word and it will overcome if we will keep our eyes on him and on that word, it will overcome the fear that keeps tries to keep us from stepping out.
1: I have a testimony over this last trip that I took because um before the trip when Pastor Terry and Laurie from Postal Bill invited me and Monica to stay at their house. Thursday night because we weren't actually going to the Georgia till Friday, and so we went. And the Holy Ghost said to me, "Give them four hundred dollars." Well, two days before, I'd given Monica four hundred dollars for a trip, so I didn't think about it. I didn't remember. So as I'm sitting here right now, He'll bring you into double giving. I'm like, because after I gave it, I'm like, did not I just give that to Monica? But I'm, I'm, I've got testimony out of it. So $800, you know, sewing it in for freedom to go through the land, for, for the things here that need to happen. And and um, anyway, but since then, $650 has come back to me, and it's been less than a week. Amen. And my plane ticket for the next trip is $550. And... Um, that's paid. That's paid. So if God asks you to give double, then he's planning to give you back yeah. double. Because I know that harvest had not stopped yet. So don't ever think there's not enough. And I thank Pastor Pinson for teaching us how to go places. Because the Bible says go ye. So to go ye, we got to have money to go ye. So she said you pay your plane ticket and then you uh, send your money in on your hotel like a month later you plan ahead you don't just wait till the day of and and say I don't got enough money to go because you're probably not going to have enough money to go you do it and Julie was reminding me that today in the prayer that we did it by steps but when we first went to her with her to a five star people was taking black trash bags for their luggage I was sharing hamburgers because I couldn't afford a whole one by myself in the restaurant so uh, it took faith I remember one time we had our suitcase full of snacks, nothing wrong with that either, but one of the people's kids came and was wanting to visit with my kids and opened the suitcase and said y'all are just hogs (laughs) it's funny because it's a little kid but I didn't think I could go to the restaurant because I had three children and a husband. And the first time when I took my family on a trip like that, it was $3,000 to Mara Sorella's. But God paid it. How did he pay it? He told, go, told me how to do it. And I had to step out in faith and do that. I had to step out in faith. Okay, you, I always want to know how did you really do it? Because you hear people tell you stuff like that. So, how did I really do it? I said, I don't think I can go on this trip and have Christmas. And she said, God, you can do both. But I was not completely out of the mindset of poverty. And I'm like, I don't understand that. That's confusing to me. And my mind started, because that's what it does to you, because it's a spirit. But I went ahead and had Christmas that year, and I said, God, how am I going to go on this trip? And He said, He said, Put this on your credit card. But when you get your income tax in six weeks, you put that on the credit card. Put this on your credit card. I had to do that. To, to, I had, there had to be a bridge to take me from this level to the next. And that was my bridge. My bridge was. Okay, God, but normally when that income tax came in, that three thousand looks real good and that's already on the credit card, so I ain't putting the money on there. I'm finna go shopping and and go to Disney World. But when that income tax I had to stick to my vow to God. That's how you do it. He gives you strategies and whatever he says, you do that. And you don't when it seems easy to keep the money, no. You put the money on it. When I gave what I did for this building, and many of y'all did give, and God told me how much, and I said, I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't have a job, and it was $10,000. I'll just tell y'all, $10,000. And so what I do? Now, I'm telling this is the key, if we can get this, because it's, it's brought me up some. I clean houses. I didn't expect God to just pay the 10,000 dollars. I clean houses, 70 dollars, 40 dollars. Where did that go? That pledge, even though that don't sound much to 10,000 dollars. See, we think that won't matter. I'll just save that for a little something because I still owe 10,000 dollars. So I, that 30's not touching that, so let me go spend this with that 30. No. He said, the oil will keep pouring, as long as the vessels, you'll bring me them vessels. You got to, and that got them out of debt. Then you sell it and get out of debt. I had to apply. I had to apply. So three years, it took me three years. And halfway through that three years, I looked at Mama and said, I think I'm going to have to leave the church because I can't pay this debt. And I'm living at the river with one vehicle and, bumming a ride to prayer and couldn't go to work because God, God would tell me go to prayer, don't go to work and I would come into prayer and say I need a job mama, the, the tornado just hit and went in Tim's car and I'm tired of bumming a ride to prayer and I'd be frustrated and she said get to the altar and I would get on my knees and say God I hate the fact that I gotta ask Sonia for a ride to prayer I hate this God I feel like a bum and I don't like it, and I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to go to work. And then that that would come out of me, and I'd say, He say I called you to prayer, and I I say okay, God, and I surrender and I give all this to you. Well, she looked at me and said, Do you want me to release you? And I said, No, ma'am. I gotta pay it. So in that three years, Tim didn't pay but a thousand dollars one time his income tax came. God paid it. If he can do that, what I learned is that I got to stand up for that, Mm -hmm. that I can afford some shoes. I learned that when I needed a dress to preaching, and I didn't have to wear a, a, what you call it, flower sack dress because I couldn't afford anything because my God wasn't big enough to buy me a dress, but he's going to ask me to preach his gospel. I learned that if God can pay that money, then he can pay anything else I needed. That broke, the thousand broke the poverty, but that broke a level off of me that my church is, my, my, my purse has never been empty. My purse has never been empty since that level of giving. And yours may not be that level, but it's some level. You're at this level, and you've been doing that, and you've been doing that. And God says, I want you to increase that. I want you to increase that. This is how you come out of bondage with your money. It's not going to be just a shock wave of money going to fall in your head. It's going to be given, and then you're going to receive. Amen? Amen. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen.
2: That's an awesome... <laughs> That's that's how the whole ministry operates is we we press it. We just keep pressing. That's what the apostle was doing. She was just kept pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. And when you do, the victory comes. The victory will come. Mm -hmm. You gotta do it.
1: Okay. So what you got going?
2: There's one thing that I want to tell you about Malachi. 3, in verse 10, when God began to speak about, about the tithe and blessings, verse 10, verse 11, and verse 12, they have one thing in common. When God would speak, he would say, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts is the army, is the Lord of the armies of heaven. So what he's actually saying is, You do this, the armies of heaven are backing you up. When you tithe and give, the armies of heaven are backing you up. Amen. Well,
1: it was that for me because I had trouble paying my tithes even. So God had to break that out of me about money. But I have this oil, Pastor Robert, that came from Prayer Mountain where the 120 got filled the Holy Ghost and they didn't have a Bible or anything. Anyway, and the ones here at Freedom... I want to, uh, we're going to anoint with oil for you to come up to your next level, and we're going to believe God for that tonight. Thank you. Would you pray for the ones online?
2: Lord, we just want to lift up these that are online, these that are listening. Lord, we just ask that you would open their ears and give them a revelation. Lord, just let this revelation go into their spirits. Let it Bypass their minds and go into their spirit, to where that they can. That when it goes past their minds and into their spirits, it will stand on the solid rock. It will be a firm foundation that the enemy cannot shake. We just ask it in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Amen. Thank
0: you again for tuning in with us. At this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.